Welcome to Career Tools. Today, Mark and I finish up our conversation on attention management, distractions, part three. Here we go. So talking about maintaining one's attention, um, this is one of the banes of email. Just spending so much time on email is bad enough, but this constant notification that people get when they get an email with this toast popping up at the bottom or sounds or chimes or what have you. And I know we've talked about this before, but whatever notifications you have set up for your email, turn them off like right now and never allow them to ruin your life again. It's awful. Email notifications are counterproductive to email and to the other tasks that you're working on. You cannot resume. There are resumption costs every time your attention is focused on something else or or momentarily pulled in some particular direction, whether it being a ringing bell or that toast popping up in the corner of your screen or a message that that you have a message. And now is that the most ludicrous thing you ever heard of a a message about getting a message? Yeah, that that one one always kills me. It's like, we don't even have mail anymore. We have mail about mail. (laughs) Right. And growl and all sorts of different things to get your attention or take away your attention. All of those cause you to lose that attention, to attenuate our attention. And that is one of the biggest points of leverage in our work is our attention. Yep. Notifications via email are not as big a distraction as the email itself, but if you schedule time for email and then leave on the notifications, you'll end up being distracted not by my email, but by the notifications about the email. Yeah, it's right? just, so. yeah, yeah. So, so that leads us to the to the the joke from Microsoft, which is "Don't be toast, turn off the toast." As you say, turn off all possible notifications of mails, and we've seen it, right? We've seen the Pavlovian response to. People are involved in something specific and their BlackBerry buzzes, their iPhone buzzes, and they check mail, right? They reach in their pocket and they look at it. Right, and, and right, maybe right in the middle it, of a, they, an important conversation. I, I I was with somebody one time and we were we were having dinner. It, it, was, it, it had taken months to set up the meeting. He was trying to meet with me about a business opportunity. We finally got a chance to have dinner. We're in the middle of a great conversation. We're going somewhere and his BlackBerry buzzes. And so he picks it up. Yeah. And I don't know if he noticed, and he's a smart guy, perhaps he did, but uh, the conversation wasn't the same after that. So like that yeah. was so important that this con- this conversation we've been waiting for for three months, that email, who you have no idea who it was from, was so important that you had to interrupt our conversation. Right. In, in fact, I would, um, I would add a, a, a generational comment here. There are probably people who are listening who would say, boy, you need boys, you need to learn, you know, you're you're showing your age, you need to learn more about the millennials because we need to feel connected. We need to feel on with everybody else. We need to know what our friends are doing. We need to get pinged and 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 poked and and all these things. And so that, that's important to us. And w- what I would say is, okay, that's fine. And you're it, there's gonna come a time in your professional career when you are busy enough where you're gonna learn that all those things that you enjoy doing are distracting from the the professional obligations you have. And there are times when um, focus is better than distractedness, where attention is better than attenuation. You're welcome to do those things. And if you're with many, many people, and as you uh, grow and experience more and more people who are more and more senior, regardless of their age, are going to be saying, huh, 
doesn't understand the importance of this conversation or doesn't understand how important it is to stay focused on something in order to achieve an objective. So um, now look, let, let me just mention something very, very, this is as technical as I get, but for those of us, uh, for those of you guys using Outlook and Exchange, it's completely easy to turn off notification. You go to Tools, the Tools menu, and Outlook, of course. You go to Options on the Tools menu, and in that Options dialog box on the Preferences tab, there's an Email Options button, and, and then in that dialog box, there's an Advanced Email Options button, and in that dialog box, there's a, there's a section called When New Items Arrive in My Inbox you uncheck all of those choices. And the default is a couple of them are checked. So play a sound, turned off. Briefly change the mouse cursor, turned off. Show an envelope in the notification area, turned off. Display a new mail desktop alert, which is of course the toast, turned off. That's how you do it. The other thing we can do is simply reduce or eliminate client server mail delivery frequency. What I'm talking about there is the options within your mail program that determine how often it goes to the server to get it. And for some of you, it seems pretty obvious, but for a lot of folks, folks aren't aware that they can do that. Yeah. They accept the, they just accept the, the default, which I think in a lot of cases, like I'm, I'm helpless, right? I'm helpless to the default, which is mail comes constantly. Right, right. Exactly. I can't get out of the way. Yeah, just tur turn that off and then save yourself the interruption of the mail even coming into the inbox. Yeah, you can, you can literally turn it off. Mail will not come until you click send and receive. And so you don't know how much you, mail you have. I mean, by the way, this always makes me laugh. It, it reminds me of the people saying, hey, did you get my mail? Yeah, I got it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't read it because I'm doing something important over here, like writing a podcast or working on my budget or doing next quarter stuff. And your email, I don't know what it's about, but it can't be as important as what I'm working on right now because... For many executives, we're so busy, we're only working on things that we consider important. And one particular email, unless it says urgent, which I find amusing anyway, is unlikely to be more important than the value we're going to get out of keeping our attention focused. And the point we're making here is no notifications are part of it, right? But if notifications are off, but you see the little inbox in bold and you see the numbers climbing up, Right. I mean, how many of us have gone, oh, I'll just drift on over there. And right. And in Outlook, I think some folk, folks don't realize that they can have a window open that allows them to see their mail. I'm sorry, allows them to see their their calendar without right. seeing their mail. And the problem is in too many applications, you're, you're looking at your calendar, for example, or you have your calendar up on your desktop and you see your your inbox filling up. Yeah, so the usually there's a there's a pane to the left, right, that gives you sort of a dashboard of your of your personal assistant management software, which you know Outlook is the most common one. Yeah, and so people have the calendar up, and then they think what we need to do is I have to click to change from the calendar to email. When in fact, if you right click on on the email on the inbox thing, you can open that in a separate window, and and your calendar, you can get rid of the pane that shows you whether or not you have mail. So you can have your calendar up all the time in Outlook and not be looking at how much, you know, not have any indication of how much email you're getting. Right. Because if folks are just drawn to that pane, if they see email piling up, they just have been trained, they got to get to it right away. You, you never yeah. know who might be sending you an email right now. It might be your boss. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, it might be. Or you might be CC'd on a distro, 
which is probably far more likely anyway. Right. Or, or it might be a good joke. You can always, yeah, you always use a good joke. Yeah. So you can certainly open Outlook in multiple windows and not leave open one that shows you your inbox. Even if the notifications are turned off, that inbox in bold is a, is a siren call for people to feel, hey, I can, I can accomplish a few C-level priority tasks here. It'll give me a little bit of good feeling, so I want to do that. What you can also do, though, if you want to get to the root of the issue, again, as you said, to get mail rarely rather than frequently. And, and again, you go through, you, you go to the tools menu, options, options dialog box, and you click on the mail setup tab in the options dialog box. And when you click the send receive button there, you just, you either change the frequency. There's a, there's a checkbox that says, please check for mail this often. And you can either change that to two or three or four hours, or you can simply uncheck it entirely. And then when you're in Outlook, you simply, if you've unchecked it entirely, you won't get mail. You'll be able to receive, you'll be able to send mail. If Outlook's connected, the default is such that if you type a mail and click send, it will go. But you won't be getting mail until you click the send receive button. And that way, that that tells the server, okay, put all that mail from the server onto the client. And so that way you're not distracted because you don't know. And I... I've talked to people who say, oh, I wouldn't want to do that because then I'd click it and there'd be 100 emails and I'd have a total bummed out moment because if I had been working on it throughout the morning, maybe I'd only have 50. Well, okay. Yeah, you're right. And then after a few times of doing this, you'll get used to it and go, oh, I'm good. I can get through 100, no problem. Because now I'm focused on it. And I don't think we've said this yet, Mike. When you're doing email, you don't do anything else. You're scheduled to do email you don't take interruptions, you don't take calls, you don't wander off um, for an impromptu meeting unless you believe it'll be more value than getting through your email that day. And you're as focused on email as you would be with a meeting with your boss or one-on-one with your direct or a skip level with your boss's boss, whatever the case might be. Yeah, good point. Yeah, we, we don't want any interruptions there anymore than we want interruptions of email when we're doing one-on-ones or working on an important project. Yeah. Yeah, it takes focus. It takes, you know, it really takes adult professional focus to do this stuff. And you'll be more effective if you work on one thing at a time, which, of course, is how your brain is wired, how all of our brains are wired anyway. And I I just don't know that many people who say, ooh, I like seeing email in my inbox. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, everything we've talked about here in, in this section on email is really designed to break a bunch of bad habits that we've developed over years. It's not like anybody, when we get to a company or we start our professional life, that somebody sits down with us and says, okay, here's here's a great tool. Just like you have a gun is a, is a tool used for the right purposes. could be very useful. Here's a great tool called email, and here's how you use it effectively. I, I don't know. I, I might have been sick the day they had that in my company, <laughs> but I didn't get it. And so we learned all these bad habits, and... Part of this is just simply making folks aware what those habits are and how they really impact us negatively when it comes to managing our attention and our focus. And as a manager or as an executive or even as any professional in the kind of workspaces we have today, we have got to manage our attention. If we tell ourselves, air quotes here, we're working on something, but when in fact we're constantly allowing ourselves to be distracted, 
That's what happens. We allow ourselves to be distracted. We feel good about checking on a lot of things. We think continuous partial attention is a good thing. It's not. We can assure you it's not. If we allow ourselves to be distracted, we won't be as effective on anything. This cast is about staying attentive, staying focused, and avoiding distractions. That's why we started this section with avoid email. Not because we say don't do it. We're simply saying when you're not doing it, know that you're going to have time for it and you can get it done in that time. And when you're not doing it, avoid it rather than letting it fill up all the interstitial spaces of, of your day. Good. Good. Okay. So we talked about email first because it is the single greatest distractor of attention that we know of, followed by phone and getting phone calls. And so your second point is avoid the phone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, it's funny. I think a lot of people might say, oh, my desk phone doesn't ring that much. And we say, yeah, okay. But your cell phone does. And that's a phone. Yeah, it counts as a phone. At yeah, least for this it all, cast. Yeah, <laughs> it's a phone. <laughs> no, it's my personal communication device. Look, when we're in with our boss, do we answer the phone? No. When we're in a one-on-one with our directs, do we answer the phone? No. Well, at least we hope not, right? When we're in a meeting, do we answer our cell phone for, just, for, for anybody randomly? We just automatically pick it up or we check it every time? Probably not. Certainly not when we're presenting. So there are plenty of times where we might say we don't answer the phone. If you put that together with the fact that, think, think about this, when we call people, are any of us surprised that we get their voicemail? I, I would say probably not. I'm, I'm surprised when somebody actually picks it up. So <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so look, do, do we immediately assume people are shirking their duties or that they ought to be picking up the phone if we call them? I mean, no, we don't. Do we go check to see if they're really not at their desk and just avoiding us? No, we don't. Do we go check to see whether or not they're really in a meeting? Right? Because that's what we assume they're in a meeting. That's why they're not answering the phone. No, we don't. We assume they're busy and we leave voicemail. Well, I have some people who call me and don't leave voicemail. It's kind of weird. So for once, let's use everyone's busyness, the idea that we can assume that other people will be okay with getting our voicemail. And let's use that to our advantage and change the way we behave in order to get to higher productivity. And so here's our guidance for, quote, avoiding, unquote, the phone. Stop answering the phone when it rings unless, A, what we're doing is not as important as what you know, what you know the call is about, or B, you know who is calling and you have a desire to be available to them. Now, look, the word no is important and the other thing is you need to know who it is. I'm amazed. People answer blocked calls. I don't. Yeah, it makes it makes no sense. Well, yeah. And, and actually to know that the phone call that you might you might be getting here is more important than what you're working on. You actually have to go over and glance at the phone, which is a form of distraction. Yeah, that's right. With. Yeah, that's the that's the one you're in a one on one. And oh, go ahead. Keep talking. I need to check who this is to see if they outrank you. Yeah, right. And that, that sends yeah. a, a real good message to the person you're, you're seeing there talking to face-to-face. So what this really means is that for the vast majority of the calls that you're going to get at your desk 
or even on your cell phone, really. On your cell phone, on your cell phone, on your cell phone. Yeah. Yep, exactly. You're not going to be answering it. You're gonna, yeah. not going to be answering the phone. That's going to disturb some people, I think. Yeah, you're not even going to look at the phone, right? We, we said earlier, we're okay with getting voicemail when we call. We understand folks are busy doing other things. So we're going to ignore our phone. We're going to stay focused. It's, it's not that we just don't like the phone. It's that we're going to guard our attention on the thing we're working on now. Yeah, and look, we're not saying you're, ne- you're never going to talk to the person. Right. You're, you're going to stay focused on what you're working on. You're working on that report that's due tomorrow, and you want to have the highest quality. And you're, jump- you're balancing all these numbers in your head. You're doing this juggling act. The last thing you need in that moment is to be interrupted with a phone call. So you continue your focus for the next 15 or 20 minutes. You get the task done. And then you take a break. You check your voicemail. Yep. And then you make a decision at that point whether or not you need to take the call. And I tell you what, if somebody leaves a voicemail and you return the call within 20 minutes, you're going to look pretty responsive. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you mentioned resumption costs earlier. The way I think about this is if we're working on something that's going to take us 15 minutes and we're five minutes into it and we get an email or we get a, vo- we get, we get a phone call and we say to ourselves, oh, this won't take a second right? Let, let's get this done now. I can just move over here, get that done and come right back and be right back on track. The problem with that is the 15 minutes turns into 30 because of the resumption cost it takes to handle the two minute interruption. Or how many of us have said to someone on the phone when they say, Hey, you swamped, you got a couple minutes. No, no, go ahead. Because we want to be available. We think being connected is a good thing. And, and we're not arguing that it is, but the question is, how relatively good is it to the importance of the task you have to get done and the feeling that yet again today, you're not going to get all your work done because you allowed yourself to be distracted. And so we have a 15-minute task. We get three or four interruptions. And now that 15 minutes takes 30 minutes. And you could have handled all of those three or four interruptions in terms of a quick answer to an email. And, and frankly, when you're doing email, doing several together makes you better at all of them rather than doing them one at a time. Plus... If it's a phone call, you can return it in three or four minutes or, or in this case, 15 minutes. And no one's, as you say, no one's going to think that you were blowing them off. In fact, they're going to feel like you responded fairly quickly. And yet you will have achieved something in 15 minutes that would have taken you 30 had you allowed yourself to be interrupted repeatedly. Exactly. Yeah. And the shame of it is that that call, when you listen to voicemail, your, your decision might be to do absolutely nothing. Right. So, right. Instead of paying all those resumption costs for something that was meaningless to you, you yeah. got the work done and you save time from even glancing at the phone or picking, picking up the phone. So, yeah. And, and, and look, one other point, you, you made this a little bit earlier. We're not suggesting you ignore everyone all the time. Right. But here's an important distinction that most people probably haven't made. We are suggesting that the average professional, and here's the phrase, interrupts themselves far too often based on fears about the culture. Oh, we have to be in and on. Right. Um, or because they, we want to be perceived as being on top of things. We're not going to hurt our reputation for professionalism. If we delay taking some calls a few minutes and we're particularly not going to hurt our reputation. If by managing our attention and avoiding attenuation of it, we end up becoming more efficient, more effective on our top priorities. But remember, we interrupt 
ourselves. If we're in a one-on-one and somebody stands next to us and we ignore them, we're not being interrupted. If the phone rings and we don't answer it, we're not being interrupted. The moment we pick up the phone, the phone didn't interrupt us. We did. We chose to engage in being distracted and accept that we're going to have a resumption cost, which can be huge in the case of some really, really difficult work. And we know you have to answer the phone. We know you have to do email. We respect that. We're suggesting doing it on your own time, avoid the resumption costs, uh, and increase, increase the value that you put to every task by focusing your attention. And for the vast majority of us, after email, the phone is the greatest source of interruptions. Yep. But that's not true in all cultures, unfortunately. Um, and I know in some cultures, IM is considered a robust part of this open communications culture at the uh, at the company. I'll tell you, avoid using instant messaging. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. And again, avoid with quotes around it because we know sometimes you're going to do instant messaging. That's okay. Nothing wrong with instant messaging on its face. It's only when it allows us to interrupt ourselves repeatedly and attenuate our attention enormously that we become less effective. And anything that works against our effectiveness is something we want to avoid. You made the point about culture, right? I mean, yeah, it is a culture some places. What was the phrase? When you're in, you're on, right? right. If you're in the office, then you're on, you're on I am. So, yeah, we respect that that's the culture. We're not going to challenge you and say we know better. We just don't think it's a good culture. There are cultures where companies scream at each other, where people feel it's okay to abuse people. We don't like those cultures either. We don't we don't care for the IM culture. In today's knowledge work environment, everybody everybody being on M and being IM and being distracted all the time is probably antithetical to high accomplishment. I know it feels good. I know it feels like we learn things very quickly, and there are some benefits to that. Those benefits, and we believe, are far outweighed by the attention attenuation associated with it. So we're not going to tell you that it's not your culture. We respect that it is. You're there. You you know your organization better than we do. We are going to say your culture is dysfunctional. If it was your culture to let small children play in the street, we wouldn't like that culture, and we'd call that dysfunctional as well. Right. So, you know, if, if you're at a strong IM kind of focused company, or even if you're not, you know, leave IM on. We're not, sim- we're not saying sure. t- turn it off, but just turn off the notifications, just like mail. Just turn off the notifications, minimize the thing completely, you know, minimize the stick at the bottom of your, your screen there and ignore it except for scheduled reviews. And maybe you got to do them hourly. That's okay. Do right. your work, focus for 55 minutes on the important work, on your objectives, on your goals, the things that are going to make a difference in the company and maybe get you promoted. And then once an hour, you open up your IM window, you check whether or not somebody's trying to communicate with you. And then you, again, you make a decision at that point. Is it something I need to deal with right now? Or is it something that can wait till later? Yeah. You know, it's funny because, because you said the 55 minute thing, right? You'd leave over five minutes for checking this stuff. The vast majority of people that I know that have attention attenuation problems, distraction problems, probably couldn't spend a whole hour, 55 minutes on one task. They literally would be drawn to check email, check IM, check voicemail. Don't you agree? Yeah, that's, that's, that's true. Yeah, there's just this incredible, in fact, it's a growing sense that, you know, sort of an ADHD kind of executive life. I've, I've read about it in our HBR and I, I believe it's true. And yet- the good ones are, are pretty focused. Yeah, I, I tell you, that's I, I think you're probably right. And 
I'm just thinking back right now to kind of the, the key executives I've known, to those who have, I've admired. And I tell you, one of the common traits is they, they can sit in their office if necessary, literally four hours focused on a key presentation to the board or right. preparing for uh, a review with Wall Street or whatever. Hmm. Yeah, I yeah. think you're right. Okay, so even if, if that were the case, I'd argue that people should work on maintaining focus for longer periods of time. But even if it were 20-minute blocks, that's certainly better than getting interrupted every 10 seconds by some yeah. IM chat, right? Exactly, yeah. When I read IM logs, I'm like, oh, wow, man, there's there's nothing on here. It's chatter, right? It's like it's like in the movies. It's like some some person in the movies who has voices inside their head. Right. Well, yeah, it's almost like, um, and I hadn't really thought of it this way, but in a lot of cases, I, I think I am is equivalent of kind of carrying around a water cooler with you. So you're never more than <laughs> two seconds away from the water cooler and all the, the chit chat that happens there. And we and, and we, we have to we have to agree that there are people who absolutely feel that that's a good thing. Right. I know what's going on. I feel connected. We respect that you want to feel connected. We also respect that you want to get a promotion. And sometimes getting, being totally connected and getting your work done so you can get a promotion are opposed to one another. Look, you don't IM when you're in with your boss, we, we'd guess. But based on the when you're in your on culture, you should. You don't IM when you're in a one-on-one with your direct, even though you should, since again, you're in, so you should be on. You don't IM when you're running at lunch. I mean, you're in that day, right? It's lunchtime, but you're in. So why aren't you on IM? You are on IM. IM is crawling across your screen and you're not paying any attention and you're not being distracted. The key is you're not paying attention to it. And so even if you think you have a culture that's when you're in, you're on, there are plenty of times when you're not on and you're more effective at the thing you're supposed to be doing than when you're on and being distracted by IM. So use the fact that even in in and on cultures, if you will, you're allowed to be away. Use that to your advantage. Guard your attention. Minimize the distraction and ignore IMs except for about once an hour. I, I promise you, executives in your organization, even if you see them answering IMs every once in a while, are ignoring IM. Good. We're not saying turn it off. We're not saying don't ever. Again, you know, Mike's Mike's recommendation, I totally agree with, is every hour. Just avoid it. Use it sparingly based on how much what you see on IM is related to you and accomplishing your objectives. That's it. Good. All right. So now we get to the interesting one because it's becoming more and more part of the culture. And at least people are talking more and more about it. And that's Twitter. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and we haven't separated it because it's it really it's not all that different from IM or email in terms of attention attenuation. It's really not. It's a form of communication right. it's designed to be easy and unfortunately <laughs> distract us from the time we need to accomplish the goals, which frankly usually aren't measured in tweets or the number of followers we might have. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there are jobs like that, I'm sure. A couple, not many. Yeah, I, Probably I not know, many but... in our audience. Particularly after you 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 ranted about you hate Twitter, so all all the yeah. all the core Twitter folks probably aren't listening. Yeah, I I, I gotta I don't know I'd have to reread that one to see if I ranted. I just generally find 
that there are people, there are a lot of people who complain about not having enough time to get their work done when in fact it is our own behaviors that are the problem, not the amount of work. It is the attention attenuation and the distractions that cause us not to get our work done. Right. Well, well, that's what people, I I think people missed. I think there was one comment on a blog somewhere, who is this guy to talk bad about Twitter? And I think what folks missed, those who, who heard about it or listened to it, um, and weren't really attuned to what we do at Manager Tools, they missed the whole point, which is there's nothing wrong with a tool. It's a tool no. just like email is or I am. Is. And there there are plenty of good ways to use the tool, and there are bad ways. And when you're a manager, right. the most important thing you have is your attention, is your focus. And Twitter, if used improperly, takes away the attention or focus. And, and that's what they really miss. I, I, don't, I don't think you have anything, any problem with the, the tool itself. It's just no. In, in fact, it has. you know, I, I've said before, I think, or if I haven't, I should now, um, that I am the worst person at predicting the future utility and popularity of a given new trend, a popular kind of thing. If you want to know whether a band is going to be great, ask me. And if I say they're going to be a one-hit wonder, they are the Beatles. I have discovered that for me and for other executives that I coach, there are certain things we need to do. We need to learn a certain process for approaching our work. We need to be open to new things, don't get me wrong, but we need to learn a process for doing our work and we need to prosecute that process assertively because the amount of work and the the kinds of decisions that we make are not trivial. They take a significant focus and a significant um, amount of time and and dedicated work in order to be good at them. In order to do that, you can't simply be willy-nilly about how you work. So therefore, the tools that you use are important to you and you become good, good at them. Just like there are probably some people listening right now saying, God, they really have a pretty harsh way of dealing with email rather than just me getting it to getting to it when I can. Well, getting to it when I can is a big part of the problem with email. So when something new comes along, I tend to go out, oh, that, that doesn't fit, right? It's a bit like, uh, I were a total getting things done fanatic. I'm not, um, but but I like GTD, and there's a way of processing things, and this is the best way we've learned for the vast majority of people, and so we do it that way. So I'm not a good predictor, and I think I've since learned that there there are some great uses of Twitter, really great. I, I can see it internally with a project team or something, people staying connected and updating a particular rollout or release or something that's time-sensitive you know, a, sort of a micro broadcast. It just makes an awful lot of sense. On the other hand, that's not the way most people are using it, right? It's just, it's not. And, and um, so I, I, I think what I can say is I hate what Twitter does to the vast majority of people who are using it. It makes them less effective. I don't see how it makes them more effective in value. And there's something else too, which is, which makes me weird, but, but I'm okay with that. It's a subtle difference when we talk. You mentioned it was a communication tool, but but Twitter has a little bit of a difference that that concerns me, and it goes right to the heart of our whole discussions over the years about communications, um, which we take very seriously. I'm sure everyone's heard us say before what Peter repeat what Peter Drucker said, which is communication is what the listener does. If I'm talking to Mike, but Mike is distracted, <laughs> um, his attention is attenuated. Is there any communication going on? And the answer is no. I am talking. That's what most people think of as communicating. The utterer, the person speaking is talking, and so that's communication. But it's not. 
communication only occurs when what I, the idea I have in my head gets into Mike's head, even if there is some attenuation, right? The problem is who controls Mike's head? I don't mean that globally. I just mean in this particular situation, who controls Mike's head is not a problem. The answer is, at least I know it's not me, right? Just because I'm speaking doesn't mean that I control Mike's head. If you go to a foreign country and you speak your native language, there's no communication going there, going on there, but there's a lot of talking. And the reason this whole theory about communication, communication is what the listener does, is relative to Twitter is the other day, Mike sent me a link with a web video. And I think it was called Twubble, Twubble with Twitter. And in it, one guy who Twitters takes another guy up into the, what they call, is, is there such a thing as a Twitter sphere, Mike? Is that, there is a Twitter sphere, yeah. Oh, okay. So, so it wasn't a joke. It was, okay. No, no, no. You, you, um, you need to spend some more time on Twitter and you'll, you'll understand yeah. what the Twitter sphere okay, is. Okay, good. And, and for folks, I'll put a link to the video up on the web. So oh, okay, good. See, yeah. it's worth looking at. <laughs> After some initial uh, discussion about what Twitter is and how it works and so on, the doubter who has been taken up into the Twitter sphere by his buddy who tweets says, and this is important, but I don't care what other people are doing every second of the day. And then this is what the tweeter guy, the Twitter guy says, no, neither do I, but we do want other people knowing what we're doing, Right. And that's really what, what clicked it for me. Think about that for a second. We don't care but we, about others, but we assume they care about us. In other words, we're willing to talk, we're willing to utter, we're willing to communicate, or not communicate, but make noise without any concern at all that anyone is listening. More importantly, with a pretty specific idea that they're not listening or that they don't care because we've just said we don't care what they're telling us. That, folks, is not communicating. That is shouting at the rain. So in that sense, relative to how we feel about communication, as fast as it is, as broadcast as it is, as quick and easy as it is, Twitter is still, for many, many, many professionals in the world, and probably almost all executives that I know, a seriously degraded form of communication because it's focused on the utterer, the talker, the writer, the typer, and not the listener or the recipient. Right. And, and therein lies, I think, the biggest problem with Twitter. And I tell you what, if you want me to stop following you, you know, send, you know, send five or six messages, tell, you know, t tweets, you know, saying that, you know, you just got up or you just had a cup of coffee or yeah, just got home. you're going to the bathroom or whatever. Um, you know, I, I'm pretty, I'm pretty open to, to, to following people. Uh, and, but then I quickly prune the list down. So I don't follow that many people. On the other hand, I'm not followed all that much. And I don't Twitter all that much because one of the things going through my head is, hey, is the thing that is interesting to me right now, is that interesting to others? Is yeah. it worth the, the possibility that I'm going to interrupt something with some exactly. banal thought that's going through my head? And I'm suggesting that probably most are... We'll put it this way. A lot of people who are on Twitter and active in Twitter don't have that filter on their communications. Yeah. Now, do we like it? Yeah. Actually, I, you know, you might say, I, I think I said I hated it. Um, I don't hate it anymore. I can see where it's kind of cool. I like it. I love the fact that so many people are using it. Although, let's be honest, compared to email, compared to phone, Twitter is a bug on a windshield. 
I know it's growing real fast, and it, it may in fact be just like Facebook on the cover of Fortune magazine taking over the world as we know it, but it's still relatively rare. But again, there are some pretty cool uses for Twitter. Well, I, I can see a lot of them that, that uh, on a case-by-case basis, I'd really enjoy them. So our issue is simply that Twitter is a distraction. It takes away our attention from other things. Look, we think it's unlikely that reading other people's tweets is going to help us as professionals achieve objectives. We're not completely linear people that all we care about is objectives. We're making recommendations that will improve your chances of doing so. You can spend all your time on Twitter, but it's unlikely that that and high performance uh, accomplishment or high objective accomplishment, high performance results are going to be yours if you're doing that as well. Right. Because it's yeah. a distraction. Right. And it's true. I mean, it's, it's true as well that it's unlikely, unlikely, not impossible, unlikely that reading a particularly blog, a particular blog entry somewhere is going to help you achieve your objectives. Yeah, it's possible. You might gather some more information that helps you, but it's unlikely in the moment, just as it's unlikely that when you're browsing the web in, you know, you're taking 10 minutes during the day to browse the web, you're not going to find something that's going to help you achieve your objectives. Maybe, maybe, but, but unlikely. And Twitter's right. the same way. It's lots of valuable information. And as, as a form of an environment scan, I love it. Right. But I don't have TweetDeck sitting up on my monitor all day long, serving as a source of interruptions right. all day long, as I treat it just like I would web browsing or looking at my favorite blogs or doing email. I simply schedule time. In my case, Twitter, I only do it once or m- maybe twice a day. Right. And you've essentially corralled it into something that makes it potentially useful for you. And it increases the use of the usefulness of the other time you have during the day, right? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah you, you summed it up. So I'll stop. That's exactly it. You still get the value of Twitter and you get the value of accomplishing your objectives. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, some Twitter clients, you, you know, if you don't, if you don't have it on, the tweets just pass by and you never see them. Okay, so fine. Have it turned on, minimize it at the bottom of your corner, make sure that you don't, you don't have notifications pop up. Take turn off all the sounds, and then yeah, if you want to check out like email once an hour, then or three times a day, then then fine. Or if if you're an IM environment and Twitter is starting to replace IM, and you need to check IM every every hour, then fine. But stick it away and treat it like all these other tools. Minimize the distractions and be effective with it. Yep. Okay. So big picture. Let's 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 roll back out to big picture. What we know is effective executives and effective managers, they know where their time goes, a la Peter Drucker, Chapter 2, Effective Executive, and they spend it on their key objectives. We communicate with the listener in mind, and when you put those two things together, you have to come to the conclusion that it's far better to avoid, quote-unquote, email, the phone, IM, and Twitter until you can find time, carve out some time to be effective in that medium. And that, of course, allows you to stay effective when you're not focused on those media. Good. And I think that will f- serve as our wrap up. There you go. Thank you, sir. Thanks, partner. All right. So long. Thanks, everyone. Hope you got something out of that. And we look forward to seeing you again next week. In the meantime, join us on the discussion forums. www managertools.com forward slash forums. Hope to see you there and have a great week. So long.